Welcome to the CRE Podcast, 100% Canadian, 100% commercial real estate. Now, here are your hosts, Aaron Cameron and Adam Pawatic. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Podcast, powered by First National. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Cameron, with me, Adam Pawatic. Our guest today is a gentleman by the name of Peter Altobelli, who is the Vice President and General Manager of Yardi Canada. Peter, thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Adam. It's great to join you guys this afternoon. So our standard process, let's get into, you know, Peter, Yardi is a really interesting company. And so I want to get to, you know, what Yardi does and and just maybe give a real explanation. But before we get there, we just start with, you know, how'd you get into real estate? How'd you get into almost accounting? You know, like what's your background to allow you to become the leader that you are today? You know, it's one of these things that you sometimes you fall into something and you don't realize what you fall until you get there. It started, you know, in the 1980s. I've literally been involved with Yardi since 1989. But prior to that, you know, I, I have a technical background. I was a, I wrote software for a living, and that's my background through college, and it was what I did. And as I was writing software, I found that it was not that entertaining to do. It was very, you know, solitude. You know, if you liked sitting on a computer working eight hours a day, cutting code, that's great. But that wasn't something that after I did it for uh, three or four years was something that really I, I enjoyed. I could do it, but not enjoyed it. So way back in the 80s, I started, I wanted to get in my own business. And I started opening up a part-time business that I got into. And one of the things I was doing is I was researching software that I could resell. And back in the 80s, we all talked about these turnkey solutions where you sold hardware, which was at that point in time an IBM PC, and you sold software that went along with it. So I decided to get involved with this thing called property management. Why I did that, I have no idea. It was just something I saw in the back of a magazine. I picked up the phone, I called Yardi up, and I said, I want to become a dealer of your software in the 1980s. I want to sell your software across Canada. And I'm a programmer. I don't know anything about property management. I don't know anything about real estate. I know nothing about financial accounting, but I figured this is what I wanted to do. And they said, okay, we don't have anyone doing that up in Canada anyways. Why don't you give this a shot? And so I did. I quit my job. I opened up a small little business. I went in business with my father. My father had retired. So we got together and he has an IT background, but he's also a CMA. So I thought, okay, I've got my accountant. So I need to know accounting. He could teach me accounting. I could deal with all the technology around PCs and implementing computers and networks and implementing Yardi. And together we could do this. And we did. And we did it from about 1989 till about 1998. And we were installing Yardi software across Canada, hardware, networks, and just running total turnkey solutions. I learned about real estate. I learned about property management. I learned about job costing. I learned about financial accounting at the same time. And in 1998, I sold the company to Yardi Systems. And on August 1st, we opened up an office here in Mississauga. And I was number one employee. And now we have over 400 employees coast to coast in over three offices in Vancouver, Saskatoon, and Mississauga, which we affectionately call Toronto. And, you know, fast forward to today, we're the largest real estate provider of software in the country and pretty much the world. When I was involved with Yardi, there was like 30 employees. Now there's over 7,000 worldwide. We have clients in over 80 countries and offices in over 48 countries. And we're now a company that doesn't sleep. So every day of the week, we are opened 24 hours a day, seven days a week, someplace in the world, we're operational. And our company is now geared to move in that operation. Peter, can you just, what, how, what is the differentiator? What has allowed Yardi to go from, you know, like a small sort of software startup in the 80s to, you know, 7,000 employees worldwide? How have you been able to, you know, create that distinction? Why do people choose Yardi over others? It's not cost, right? 
No, it's not cost. I think at one point in time, Yardi was the cheap one on the deck. Yardi was the least expensive software for small boutique. We call them mom and pop shops, but boutique real estate companies. You had small portfolios of res or commercial. You would buy our software to run. But one of the things that we learned back in the DOS days was we needed to stay ahead of technology or ahead of the curve of where clients wanted us to be. So Yardi was the first person to come out with Windows-based software, and I don't even know if many of your listeners even know what Windows-based software is. It was in the mid-1990s. It's an app. What kind of app is that? Yeah, there was no apps. There was apps. There was no apps. There was no cell phones. There was was no mobility. That that terminology didn't even exist. But we were the first one that came out with a Windows-based software. We were the first company that came out with browser-based software. And then we were the first software company in real estate that came out with a full cloud solution technology with full mobility. And by staying ahead of the curve, it allowed our clients to grow with us. And as they got into that technology, we were there and we could accommodate them. We could accommodate that growth into that technology and a new way of computing, a new way of doing business. So Peter, back in the the early days of the software, if you go right back to 1989 version 1.0, you and your dad working on it, what was the, the basic selling feature, the software you were offering at that time? What got your clients excited as compared to, a, I guess, a pen and paper or typewriter scenario? You know, it was different back then, right? So PCs were brand new, right? This whole technology was brand new, and it wasn't as inexpensive as it is today. Computers cost a lot more. The thing that got them was it was a complete system. They could do, they could manage all of their properties on one solution. So it was tenant management, it was financial management, small little work order system, fully integrated, all worked together, very easy to use, right? And that it wasn't just the software, it was we would come in and supply the hardware. We would run all the cabling for your networking, right? There was no wireless networks back then. We would set up that entire, what we called a turnkey solution. And that's what companies were looking for. Can you come in and take care of us and just make it happen? And then if we have questions, we got to be there to help them. And the other thing was the support around that, where it was a one-stop shop on whether or not my computer wasn't working, my network is okay, or I have a question with the software, we could handle all of that, all of those questions. And that's the key that really started it. It was the simplicity of the software. It was pre-complete package. And then it was that full deployment on we could take care of everything that you wanted us to do. And that was the late 1980s, early 1990s. And that's what the market was looking for. And small real estate companies really had no solutions for that. They could buy a piece of software. They could install it on their computers. But if it didn't work, they'd have to find a phone number to call someone about. And what we found was a better solution was taking care of the client in its entirety, not just one piece of what they needed. And I think that's what got our start. And I can tell you, we've got clients that we started in 1989. They're still with us today. They're much bigger companies. The second generation has taken over those companies and they've grown over time. And it's great to see from my own self that we started with it when it was like one or two people at somebody's homes. And now it's, you know, a substantial real estate company. Second generation is involved and they're still using Yardi product today in a different form than what it was in 89 and 90. But that's how we got our start, right? That's how we did it. You know, I think, Peter, that's a good segue into what is Yardi? Like, what is the product? I think there might be some people going, yeah. okay, I've seen Yardi on, I've seen yeah, them on, you know, yeah, what is it? What are you providing? Why do I need to know who Yardi is? So, you know, Yardi's not a household name, Aaron. Yardi as a company grew over time. And it's one of those little companies that, you know, it started in someone's house. He wrote a piece of software. He sold one, sold two, sold four, sold eight. And now, you know, there's, you know, almost 6,000 clients around the world. 
Um, Yardi specializes in real estate software and, and in the real estate industry, and that's all we do. We don't sell in any other industry. We're a big real estate ERP operations and asset management company. So we will deal with uh, private equity real estate companies. We will deal with institutional owners and managers of real estate. We will sell and support traditional property management firms. Real estate builders and developers are another line of what we do. And then governments that invest in any kind of infrastructure and real estate is where our big lines are. You know, we specialize in multiple asset classes. So whether it's multifamily residential rentals, commercial real estate, we specialize in little niche markets with inside, say, residential, where we deal with public housing and affordable housing in the United States and in Canada. We deal with social housing, student housing, military housing. So all of these little niche markets and another substantial one is senior housing. Well, we have a substantial senior housing solution to deal with assisted living in the near future long-term care. So these are areas that we've all moved into over the decades and have increased our product presence and our market share in each one of those industries, all with inside the real estate umbrella. So it's just not a single solution. It's a solution that allows us to grow with inside our clients. So as is it just a, process, sorry, Peter, is it just accounting? It's like, what is it? If yeah, a, let's, say I, let's say I own three 12 plexes. Would I need Yardi and what would Yardi provide me? And then maybe at the same time, let's say I own 1,500 units of retail or industrial. Do I need Yardi and what does Yardi provide me? Yeah, it's a good question. So if you had like a, a very small portfolio, Yardi Breeze takes care of real estate companies with small portfolios. It's more than just accounting. It's absolutely an accounting system but it handles all of your leases, whether it be commercial leases or residential tenancies. It's also operations. So we can also roll out facilities management side of the business. So at one point in time, we were the ERP. Then we moved into ops, where we then provided fully integrated operational software to manage the facilities, to manage your tenants, to take care of the day-to-day operations of the property. And now Yardi's taking that to an extent beyond, where now it's also that asset manager's view. So whether or not you have a small portfolio that we would say, hey guys, it's small, put it on Yardi Breeze, it's turnkey. We realized decades ago that small companies grow up to become big companies. And you can start with a Yardi Breeze, but when you become sizable enough and you all grow it, we can move you right into Yardi Voyager, which is our large operational software package. And all of that data flows with it. Everything is upgradable into that larger package. So I can start small, but then when I add on that office buildings or industrial properties or expand my residential portfolio or all of the above, it's a single seamless application that deals with all of that portfolio. It goes beyond, though, just ARAPGL. We can get into paperless workflows under accounts payable. We can get into things that we call cafes, which says it allows your vendors to receive work orders and purchase orders in an online portal. True business to business. And when they actually do the work, they upload their invoices directly back to you. And that flows and directly integrates with your accounts payable solution within Yardi Voyager. So it extends beyond just the office and it extends to everyone you do business with, whether it's your vendors or out to your tenants. So I'm a commercial tenant through our commercial cafe. I have full access as a tenant to a portal that's integrated with our facilities management solutions that's integrated with AR. So I want a tenant. I want to pay my rent. I can go onto the portal and pay my rent. But if I also have to request work that needs to get done in my unit, I can put in that work order and it flows into our facilities management solution fully integrated. And then we have the equivalent on the residential side, where on the residential side, I have a full marketing capability where I want to market my product, my multifamily 
high-rise residential product. I want an applicant system that's real-time online. I want to be able to see all of my marketing done in a very dynamic website. And then once I attract those leads to my website, I want to then be able to take people and have them apply. And we can do full lead to lease where you don't see the tenant until they move in. Where they're applying, we're running a screening report, they're either approved or rejected. And if they're approved, it then creates the lease, they sign via electronic signature, and then they get their welcome kit emailed to them, full lead to lease. And then once they become a tenant, you want to keep them. And by keeping them, you have a resident portal that allows them to communicate to you via a resident portal or a mobile app. And all of these things have mobile apps, right? We talk about 1989, 1990. Who knew about a mobile app? At that point in time, who even knew about a cell phone? They didn't exist. And today, if you're not having mobile apps and you're not running on some sort of device or all devices, you just can't do this. And Yardi, what makes Yardi different is whether you're on an Apple whether you're on an iPhone, whether you're on an Android device, or whether you have a standard PC, everything we do works integrated for whatever asset class that you're in, whether that be senior housing, multifamily, commercial, condo, and the list goes on and on, right? That's what the difference is, and that's how you can scale within our product. So we've definitely talked about what's very cool and interesting in 2020. Is there any technology that you're tracking that you're excited about that we'll see implemented in, you know, 2022, 2024, that kind of time frame? What do you think is going to, any wow factor on the horizon that you think could potentially change the way that we use software to manage buildings? Yeah. You know, if you go back and say, what do we, you know, 10 years ago, would we, where would we, if you asked that question 10 years ago, what would the answer be? right? Now you're asking that question saying, what's going on in the next two to five years? In, what we will see in a change in two to five years would be the same change we saw in the last, say, 10. Artificial intelligence will change the way we operate our properties. And Yardi has an entire division dedicated to the internet of things and artificial intelligence and bringing those together back-ended with a full ERP and operational real estate solution. Our teams today are working on solutions that we won't see for five more years. And they're experimenting with technologies, they're experimenting with AI. One of the first artificial intelligence solutions that we're going to come out with, which will be later this, it's actually in limited release in the U.S., and then eventually will be released throughout the industry, is in the multifamily residential real estate space, where the systems are now going to be making decisions on things that are going on within the market, the level of activity on your leasing side, the level of activity of your marketing, what's going on with the property, your vacancy rates, and we'll be able to adjust, reset rates of residential leases, look at the type of tenant you need to fill those rates and make a decision on whether or not that individual meets the criteria and will house that person without anyone touching them. And the artificial intelligence behind it will be looking at many, many data points along the way in terms of the local market, the vacancy of the local market. It will know what those rates are around that market. It will know the quality of the tenants coming in. It will look at what your marketing spend is and then through a rule set, be able to determine whether or not that person will be leased or not leased without a leasing agent touching it. The next thing would be Internet of Things, right? Being able to turn on and off lights, air conditioning, heating, all remotely, where I don't have to worry about going up if I'm showing a unit and turning off the lights. The lights will come on and go off depending on what the settings are of the day. I'll have a mobile app as a tenant to be able to do that. And also implementing things that you start to see at hotels now, where Peter's a tenant, he walks up to his door and the door opens, the door unlocks because it knows I'm there, right? I have my phone, I have my app, and it's going to unlock my door for me, right? I don't have to fumble for keys any longer. 
So it's all of those kinds of different types of technologies. And the list goes on. It's not just that. There's a lot more to it. Virtual tours is another one. And on the commercial side of the business, big data. It's that whole big data, but making big data real. We talk about big data and IT companies love talking about big data, but what does it mean in real life for real companies? And big data is going to be used for both REST as well as quite a bit for on the commercial space to really drive decision-making and really able to, that the asset managers are going to be able to really understand what's going on in their portfolios. The world is smaller. People own portfolios all over the world. And the way we manage, say, in Canada, the United States, is going to be vastly different than what portfolios are going to be sitting like, for example, in certain countries in South America or Asia Pacific area or Europe. And to be able to gather that data and report it back in a meaningful fashion to asset managers that are making decisions on the performance of their properties is that next biggest thing. And that's what you're going to see coming out in 2022, 2023 and beyond. And it will change the way we do business day to day. This is off topic and we'll get back on topic. And I, I know we want to talk about COVID and sorry, just so I don't forget today is what April 17th, 2020. And just so we're date stamping this, so our listeners understand where we are and sitting in isolation, et cetera, et cetera. While you're going through this exploration of what your future looks like, that's been a topic of ours multiple times on this podcast. Where do you see blockchain technologies impacting the commercial real estate world? I and mean, the answer is you're not familiar, that's fine, but I'm wondering what your opinion is. Yeah, we do. We have an opinion of blockchain right now. And blockchain could change in the future. And, you know, blockchain, when you think about it, you think of doing deals, right? It's a great audit tool for doing deals. But as it stands today, we've taken a conservative approach with blockchain. It looks like a technology that's trying to find a problem to solve versus a problem that you're applying good technology against. And that's kind of been the philosophy for the last year or so with blockchain. That can change over time. But as it stands today with blockchain, we're not seeing a lot yet in the industry as a technology that we can see has a practical purpose yet. Yeah, because I've read a number of articles that talk about the Internet of Things won't be able to have the security necessary without sort of blockchain or maybe stop using the word blockchain and use sort of independent ledgers or however you want to define it. But Yeah, blockchain being one of those types of independent ledgers, right? Yeah, fair. So... Maybe let's talk about COVID. Let's talk about, you know, again, I just date stamped April 17th. You know, what is it that you are providing to your clients and what sort of value can you help with in this sort of really sort of challenging time in our industry, in the commercial real estate industry? Yeah, you know, everyone, you know, you're right, April 17th, and we've been home for a month now, right? And I look out my office and there's no cars around us and everyone's, you know, traditionally working now from home. And it's quite a different thing to be able to do that and to be able to work from home and go from an office-centric industry out to everyone's homes. And how do you do that? And how do you maintain uh, cohesiveness in your own company? In addition to how do you stay in touch with your tenants, your residents, right? These are the people that generate your revenue for you. As a company, it took us about a week to move from home, but you know, we're an IT company, we're geared for it. It didn't take, it wasn't that big of an effort for us to go from an office-centric to a home-centric. But for many of our clients, that growth, that pattern of change was not so simple and, and did require some effort. From a technology perspective, Yardi is a, a tech company first and foremost, and all of our technology is cloud-based. So whether or not I'm using it in my office or I'm using it from home, we can pivot very quickly with our clients to get them to pivot from in-house to working from home. And we do this by just changing the security settings within our cloud technology that allow people to get access from their homes. Yardi has products called Yardi One that allows our clients to deploy these in the cloud with us 
does say it's a very secured environment in which clients can come in and use the application as if they were sitting in their office. No difference. And now they're fully integrated and fully connected. And the technology worked incredibly well. We had almost no issues with any of our clients. And over about seven to 10 day period of time in the middle of March, all of our clients transitioned to working from home pretty much around the world. It wasn't a Canadian or US thing. It was a worldwide thing. And we were managing this across the world. And it worked incredibly well with them. But what we're finding now is how are our clients working with others? How are they communicating with their vendors? How are they communicating with their tenants? And how does that look today? And with many of our clients who stayed current with us, when they've implemented our technologies on our, we happen to call one vendor cafe, our cafe technologies allow us to integrate your vendors along integrated with you for your AP solutions. It's seamless. If our clients have integrated our cafes for either commercial cafe or rent cafe for commercial portfolios or multifamily residential rental portfolios or condo cafe for our condo clients, they can seamlessly integrate with their tenant communities, their revenue sources without a hitch and can completely continue that communication with all of them, regardless of asset class, because those solutions are integrated with their office solution, which runs on their back office Yardy Voyager. And that's a big difference. That's a big difference in terms of others out there that piece together different technologies and try to get them to work when they're not integrated. And with Yardi's secret sauce and all of this, and it goes back to an earlier question you guys had asked, what made the difference in Yardi is everything is fully integrated. Everything works together seamlessly so you can see what's going on in your business across all your portfolio. And you kind of touched on this earlier in the conversation before we got in the COVID topic, but virtual tours and contactless uh, leasing, those must be in higher demand now that people would be looking to still operate their buildings and try and minimize contact with other human beings. Yeah, they are. Just yesterday, I was on the phone with a client and said, we want to start implementing virtual tours immediately. Like immediately, we need to start to do this right away, right? Where a month ago, a month and a half ago, that conversation may not have happened. But all of a sudden now it becomes urgent, right? They know for the long term that people are not going to be working from the offices. They're not going to be able to show these units the way they used to. Now they're going to rely on technology. With this client, they had already implemented our cafes to add virtual tours. It's going to take us a day or two and we can get that moving forward. So very quick turnaround on getting that kind of technology laid out for our clients to take that benefit of, right? It doesn't take much as long as you have that underlying cafe technology. So would this be a silver lining? I mean, not just for Yardi, but for, I guess, a number of systems that are meant to go digital or virtual in that it might accelerate adoption of some of the the software solutions that you're working with in the broader real estate world. Yeah, Adam, Canadian companies have always been known to lag on technology, right? Canadian real estate companies have not necessarily always been the state of the art, although there are always some. Overall, the industry has always been a little bit more conservative. I think this is a game changer. Whether it be Yardi or anyone else in terms of technology, I think what's happened now is a game changer, meaning that we're all working from home and everyone's planning to say, let's go back to work. Hopefully by the June timeframe, we'll be back to work. But wave two of this can occur and we could be back home again shortly thereafter. We don't really know. And the end game is going to be a vaccine. And until that's ready, this could go on for the next, you know, according to everybody you hear, six to 18 months. These types of technologies are a game changer. Our clients in the industry are going to have to implement these technologies, even if they go back to working from an office. This is going to be that pivotal moment in any industry that's going to drive the change to integrated style web cloud-based technologies. 
to allow them to work centrally, decentralized, and have full access to their tenants and making sure that their tenants have access to them. And on one side, and making sure that the people in which they do business with have access. And above this, the equity guys, the equity players who are then buying and investing in real estate have complete access into how those investments look in a real-time environment. Where prior to this, everyone was under their own path. Should we implement this kind of technology? Do we really need it? Does it need to be integrated? Are there less, is there cheaper solutions out there? But when they don't integrate together, it becomes problematic when you're in a remote environment like this. For our clients who have these types of technology, they transitioned into this mode very easily and very seamlessly. It's one of the reasons why we took, you know, 6,000 plus clients and in the course of about seven to 10 days, moved into a home environment without a lot of issue at all. And I think this is going to be the game changer, especially in Canada. I really do. It's an impressive feat. And so you have to wonder too, if for the people that were not prepared for this, if you'll, once we get back into the office and people have more opportunity to implement these, if you'll see a surge in new business or new adoption come, you know, in that period between June and any potential second waves, because people should be highly motivated at that point to protect themselves against, you know, a repeat of the work at home experience we have right now. I would agree. Our fear is people don't do anything. Our fear is they stop and not do something, right? And just say, well, we're back to work. For those who don't, you know, everyone can handle a month, month and a half, maybe two months. But if this becomes wave two, wave three, if people are not changing how they do this, this can impact their business enormously. And those companies that have implemented the new technologies will. Our estimate right now is we will come out of this stronger. We, not meaning Yardi, but the industry will come out of this phase this pandemic we're going through as a much stronger industry with implementing the technologies needed to run their companies more effectively. And we're seeing the interest level start to go up now. So as a company, it's not about making sales now. We're not looking at making sales. What we're looking at is taking care of our clients and how we can help them. And strictly, how can we help them do what they're doing easier, better, and a more integrated solution and reducing the risk of second and third waves like this. What do you need from us and how can we help you? And that's the whole focus now. Our focus changed mid-March from a company that outbounded and was always acquiring new business as well as taking care of our clients to let's take care of our clients in the industry to make sure that when we come out of this, this industry is much stronger and can utilize the technologies that are available today to plan for tomorrow. And that's the real thing. And I think that's where you're getting to is where are we going to be? We're betting that, and we think that the industry will move into these types of applications because of the need now. And so do you expect, is there anything that, you know, you're learning as a company, any software that features that you'd want to add in specifically for the June till second wave period of time beyond the features that you had prior to COVID-19? Yeah, you know, great question. One of the things that we're seeing right now, and we're actually deploying it next week, which would be the week of April 20th, that didn't exist before in our applications was a rent deferment and collections and payment solution. Right now on the commercial real estate side and on the multifamily side, the biggest thing is our people and businesses going to be able to pay their rents in May and in June. And if this drags, how much more of a problem is that with both of these asset classes? We've had teams of programmers working around the clock over the last month, modifying our software to be able to handle deferral programs. So our clients can go in and set up a payment program for residential tenants, for tenants that are in apartments, that rent, 
And on the commercial side, modifying the software that if they're renegotiating with their commercial leases, that they can set up these renegotiations with inside the software so it happens in an automated fashion and things don't fall through the cracks. Because don't forget, everybody's working from home. I'm not at the office. I can't walk out and see you in your office, right? And things can fall through the cracks when you're working this remotely, right? So we're making changes to the software that's being introduced next week to all our clients around the world that allow them to create these deferral payment solutions in place so it's properly managed by the company. And that over time, that AR is eventually collected and nothing falls through the cracks. That's something we're doing, no cost to all our clients. We're writing it, we're making it happen for them, and then delivering it. But in a month, the asset managers are going to want to look at what's my risk performance? on all of those deferral programs. So we're also looking at and saying by the May timeframe, being able to grab all that data and then say to the asset managers, here's the risk level of your property, your tenancy, your leases, whether it be res or commercial, and the ownership structures that own those particular properties. What's the risk to the owner if we're not collecting at an asset manager's level? So at an operational level, putting in the software that allows the staff to operate more efficiently and remotely, and set up these collections, but then collecting that data and reporting back to the asset managers and saying, now here's your risk and performance. Institutional real estate owners need to know that. A month and a half ago, they would never have asked those questions. What's my risk on a deferral program on my retail leases? Now they are. Now they are, right? It's hard to predict that. Incredibly difficult, but you have to be responsive and we have the technology to do that. We can bring out this technology very, very quickly into the market and take care of our clients so when they start asking those questions, we can say, here's the solution for it, right? And it's all about taking care of the client and ensuring the fact that they've got the information they need as they navigate their portfolios through these rough waters. Yeah, true. The viewpoint that the asset managers had in January, the idea of rent deferrals would have been relatively foreign and most predictions would have been, you know, continued blue skies because it's been so good for so long. And yeah, now it's kind of damage control and, and downside risk. But I guess that's part of the pitch is, of course, that you can respond to environments in real time. And while the feature of rent deferrals, if it had implemented in January, would have been never touched by most users, is there for them now. Yeah, we were showing an institutional client of ours in Toronto and the call came in. Look, guys, our asset managers are asking us, what's our risk here? And I said, look, this is what we're doing. It's going to be released next week. And they were like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding. This is fantastic. Let's get on the phones next week and let's get this done, right? And yeah, January, there's no way we would have had those questions or concerns. Peter, it's amazing that your team is able to put together so many COVID-specific solutions in a short period of time. And it would be interesting to have you back on at some point to talk about what further adaptations you've had to make to address this as this crisis kind of unrolls through the entire world. We want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. We want to thank First National for powering the podcast. Thanks for the Real Estate Forums for setting up the introduction to Peter and making this happen. And of course, thanks most of all to our guest, Peter. Thanks, Peter. And Adam, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CRE Podcast. The information from this broadcast is not to be relied upon as financial investing, professional accounting, or legal advice. First National Financial LP holds Financial Services Commission of Ontario License Number 10514 and 11252.